Welcome to Vital Views Podcast for UNLV School of Nursing. I'm Joe Gascioni, Communications Director for the School of Nursing. The need for more mental health awareness and treatment is ever-present in Southern Nevada, but help is on the way through a new clinic developed by both UNLV Nursing and UNLV Health, the practicing branch of Kirk Kerkorian School of Medicine at UNLV. Known as the School of Nursing Clinic, it is an advanced practice registered nurse program that specializes in primary care for adults within a mental health facility at Mojave Counseling Center on East Charleston in Las Vegas. In addition to direct patient assistance, there are new avenues for nursing students getting their advanced degree, as well as the interprofessionalism of working with medical providers. We have two very special guests with us today to fill us in on the clinic. First is Dr. Terry Bartmus, APRN clinic lead and assistant professor at UNLV Nursing. We also have Kathleen Wild, agency director for Mojave Counseling. Thank you both for coming in. Thanks, Joe, for having us. Thank you. So where did the idea come from for opening the clinic? Uh, So basically, this has been an initiative between um, UNLV School of Medicine and School of Nursing for quite some time. I was hired specifically to start moving this initiative forward. So basically, right now, UNLV School of Nursing has no faculty practice clinic. Our nurse practitioners that are faculty and teaching in the university practice in the community at various entities. Uh, So this is the first um, initiative to basically provide uh, students with training within the School of Nursing at clinical site with faculty that are working at the site. Also, the main point of this clinic is to also help serve a need for the community and also to help with student training. And Mojave Counseling has been in the community for 30 years. We're under UNLV Health. When we remodeled a few years ago, we had in mind having collaboration and interdisciplinary treatment. We built exam rooms with this in mind, that with the hope that we could institute a primary care clinic within our mental health agency, which services people with serious and persistent mental illness. Also, I wanted to add that this overall academic health center that's uh, interdisciplinary, interprofessional, is part of the overall strategic plan of UNLV. Um, so it is promoting, you know, interdisciplinary collaboration amongst uh, the professions. I want to pivot for a second on advanced practice, registered nurses. I think of nurses, and I'm sure a lot of people think of nurses, the, the stereotype of the scrubs and the emblem, like for undergraduate students. What does a nurse learn? What do they need to become an advanced practice registered nurse? Sure. So uh, specifically for nurse practitioners, there's different types of specialty. For example, at UNLV right now in the School of Nursing, we have a branch for family nurse practitioners and psych nurse practitioners. So their training is uh, different but similar in that it is a clinical master's program um, after the nurse has obtained their bachelor's of science in nursing and has practiced Um, as nurses in the field. Uh, So once that's done, they apply for uh, their master's program and they go through uh, didactic courses uh, focused on treating patients and diagnosing. And then, you know, graduate and have to uh, take certifying certifying board exams. With the target population for the clinic, I want to go a little more into that as far as we talked about adults, primary care, but who does it target specifically? So um, the clinics is open to the community. Just as Kathy said, it made the most sense for us to start services in these unused primary care rooms at Mojave Counseling. They serve over 400 clients, is that right? 
Oh, we have far more than that. So far more than it does feel like that, but I just wanted to clarify. Uh, so they serve quite a f- hundreds of clients uh, that qualify as severely mentally ill by this state. And a lot of them can't get into primary care, whether it be a transportation issue, a, f- uh, a funding issue. You know, it's very difficult also because Las Vegas is, has such a, a vast area that, you know, we all live in. So from one end of Las Vegas to the next is just very, very inconvenient for someone taking the bus or someone who may not have transportation. Uh, so, you know, the target population is is this uh, Mojave uh, mental health patients. However, um, we are open for community patients and people that need primary care services. I was going to add to that Mojave, one of Mojave's most robust programs, in addition to psychiatry and therapy on counseling, we have a case management program which employs about 40 case managers. And each of the case managers have, you know, anywhere from 30 to 40 patients or clients on their caseload. And they help them with a lot of different basic needs, psychiatric medications, link to resources, housing, medical, legal, emotional services, and then also pro-social development like volunteering education. Um, So I just wanted to add that by having Terry and the primary care clinic there, it has increased access to medical care for some people that haven't had medical care in quite some time. And one of the barriers I think we have to acknowledge can be paranoia or fear of, of going to a new provider or to a new service. And so I think having her on site has really um, helped people access service that otherwise wouldn't be able to. That workload where you have 40 case managers, and just to clarify, you said each have about 30 patients Correct. roughly? Is that a normal ratio? It's gotten higher over the years. I think that the the service population that we serve has increased, you know, with the growth of the city and the population. Unfortunately, I also think that over the years, less people are going into mental health um, just because of the limited resources, limited funding, and, and lower pay. So we are um, in constant pursuit of, of increasing our teams and professionals, and, and this program has helped with that. We want to bring in um, service lines from you know all of the services that we provide, psychiatry, nursing, social work, mental health professionals. It's, it's sad to hear that less people are going into mental health. Mental health has been one of the biggest topics on this show since we started it, just in passing conversation, it always seems to come up, whether it's nursing mental health or patient mental health. Is there still such a, a stigma around it that makes it harder for people to, as a patient, go see someone or as a nurse, harder to get into because of the, t- the kind of patients that you're going to see? Well, I, I think it's fair to say that people with serious and persistent mental illness, unfortunately, you know, it can impact them in many ways. And one of the areas that we see the most at Mojave is housing. People that have SSI for income only get $915 a month. There isn't an apartment complex in Las Vegas where you could get housing for that right now. So unfortunately, it perpetuates poverty and instability in people's lives when they don't have basic needs met. So, you know, we're, we have a lot of barriers, and it's never been necessarily a glamorous profession, but I think the people that go into it are 
have a real love for the clients and are strong advocates against stigma for mental illness. You know, we're really proud of the work we do there and, and the teamwork and the collaboration that we have with Terry and all of our professionals. Just to add to that, I, I really feel, truly feel just from what I've observed in my patient care and with other colleagues that COVID pandemic kind of increased people's ability to speak about their mental health. Clearly, there's still stigma associated for some people, but I think that the pandemic created some unfortunate uh, new things on the forefront in terms of mental health, isolation, you know, people in quarantine that would normally go to work every day. I, you know, worked in the emergency room front lines uh, during the pandemic and even homeless people, you know, their their environment got completely uprooted in some shelters because they could, uh, this, you know, some of these facilities couldn't follow the guidelines in place. So there was a lot of upheaval of, of a lot of people you know, whether they had all the resources available to them or didn't. So I think stigma is kind of going away because I think people realize what that did for them. And I don't know one person who was not affected mentally by the pandemic. I mean, it affected everyone differently, especially older populations. You talk about the isolation where they can't even leave their their rooms if they were in a nursing care facility or their homes. People can't visit them. I always wonder about the long-term effects. I don't think we've we've yet to see that because we're still sort of in a pandemic. Like there's COVID still around, not as severe as it was when it first started. But I don't think we've yet seen the full effects. And I don't know if we ever will. I would agree with that. Yeah. And um, I did want to add that we also service a youth population. And we have seen the referrals and numbers go up to an all-time high of you know, people with anxiety and people calling for support and help who maybe are first time seeking psychiatric support. Is that encouraging to see more young people reach out as much as it is maybe, not to sound dramatic, but disheartening that they would want to call in because they're feeling this pressure? Like to your point, Dr. Barmas, just to say that they're willing to speak up and willing to say that regardless of what my age is, I need to talk to someone. I'm always very impressed when I encounter um, anyone that is growing up in this pandemic. It's, again, going to be some interesting insight in the future as to how that has this has truly affected individuals. But in in my opinion, what I've experienced, and maybe a little biased, but the you know younger individuals that I experience, they do seem more upfront and honest about how they're feeling. And I think that's, you know, a good thing because for us, that can be difficult for for anybody, especially the younger population, to disclose that they're feeling a certain way. Uh, so it is very encouraging, but you're right. It is disheartening to know that. Um, but, you know, you think about all of our youths and we all, you know, had our unique experiences in mental health. I don't think was very much addressed, at least in my childhood. Um, and it just wasn't really talked about as much as as now. Uh, so I think any small steps forward we take in terms of addressing these, um, you know, really, really major issues, uh, we can create better, you know, resilient, healthy minds, uh, especially for the younger population that, you know, are still forming their their trust and their opinions. Regarding the clinic, how do the nursing students and the medical students benefit from such an interdisciplinary resource? There's so many initiatives right now that are looking at interprofessional collaboration. And really the the evidence and all the research, whenever they've looked at these types of things, are pointing that it's proven to improve patient outcomes. It's improving patient satisfaction. There's more people involved in these cases. So it's not just one person providing care. There's somebody to take up some of the 
tail end, for example, social work case managers, um, when us as clinicians can't provide, you know, the resource that they need in terms of housing, you know, we at least know we can refer to social work, we can consult with them to get to come up with a plan of care. Um, it's also shown to reduce errors in healthcare costs. So I think how the students benefit is they're learning to work together in their training. It's funny because nurses need doctors and doctors need nurses. So anytime we have opportunities to really form strong bonds between the two professions, I think should always be encouraged and should be a part of all training. Um, I can't, again, I can't think of one nurse that doesn't need a doctor and vice versa. We need each other. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, we've kind of existed. um, Some programs, some not just kind of in a siloed way where we're not really providing the opportunities for these students to get to know each other. Um, In fact, even today, so, you know, I've been a part of an interprofessional collaborating event that is involving all the health science specialties right now, social work, physical therapy, occupational therapy, dentistry, Um, and the unified practice plan for the overall academic health center is also encouraging these everyone to band together because that's what we need to do right now to help address these um, healthcare disparities. Where can people learn more about the clinic? So uh, we currently don't have a, um, an advertisement on the UNLV Health landing page for Mojave, but it is the it is located at the Mojave East Counseling Center on uh, 4000 East Charleston. Uh, there's a phone number to call, 702-968-4000. Uh, if anyone wants to call uh, for any more information, they'll direct them to me and I can provide them with that. We are, you know, we're starting, we just started. So, you know, it's an exciting opportunity. We've already hosted our first nurse practitioner students. They love it. I feel that the case managers and I have developed a very, very close relationship in the short amount of time I've been there. Kathy's been nothing but amazing and supportive of everything we're doing. Um, Dr. Netsky and Joanne Strobe, who are you know, part of this initiative as well that are part of the the UNLV Health Initiative to do this overall practice plan have been very supportive and encouraging all us all to just you know, keep moving forward. So in this short amount of time, I just, I've, it's just been great. I just, I've, I just love it. I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, it's very progressive. I think exciting things are happening because of this collaboration. And I'm positive that people are getting better care and it's, it's helping in academia and patient care, which is what matters most. And if I could just throw out there, I, I do like to remind everybody as much as possible nowadays that there is a national phone number now, and it is 988, and that is a mental health service number. So anyone that's experiencing any kind of mental health or crisis emergency can call that and receive support. We will have the national number and the Mojave number and the Mojave website on this episode page when it drops. That is all the time we have today. Thank you both for coming in. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening out there. Hope you have a great day.